Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dole. Hello and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of the East German Podcast. Today. <laughs> today. That's right. Well, we got a very special episode today that we're going to do something between several continents today and uh, try to uh, interview uh, uh, one of our uh, new partners on the Bohemian uh, uh, family, so to speak, when it comes with Eastern Europe uh, history and, and all the great things that come with that. And Travis, we're going to try to make a phone call to a... Uh, a running target that's uh, yeah, in someplace that, here in Europe. Let me let me kind of paint you a picture. So basically, if you were um, if you did have a legitimate means of having foreign currency, now there and, and many people had illegitimate means of having foreign currency because um, the Western currencies, every Czechoslovak and East German and you know Russian, Latvian, and the Soviet Union knew that. Um, their currency was a soft currency and all the Western currencies were hard currencies. Okay. Just, right. I mean, right. so the Western currencies at that time were backed by gold. They had the gold standards and the Soviet and Eastern Bloc currencies were basically just like, you know, we tell you how much you can, you know, we tell you what the price of bread is and we tell you what your salary is. Who cares how much gold costs? You know, are you going to buy gold with your ruples, you know? Or your 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 crowns, like you know, why would you? Why do you need gold? That's just a whole bunch of other bad questions. That <laughs> so no, you're you're fine with the soft currency. You get paid in the soft currency, but what if you do want a pair of leather like Elvis boots? What if you want uh, Coca Cola or Marlboro, or you want the latest Time magazine or just like a National Geographic? Um, all those things were banned, or even just like you know, a book that was maybe banned but still available. And you know, in those they a lot of they sold a lot of books there. Um, so you know, what do you do? And and like Kristoff said, the main way was the black market. Okay, because most people did not have a legitimate way reason for having dollars and pounds, and so when they went to buy. Uh, bunny and bunny is what you needed to buy to buy these items legally in the store. If you went to go trade in your uh, Deutschmarks for bunny, they would ask you where you got the Deutschmarks from. Okay. Oh, Absolutely. and also Every if time. you now also so. mind you, tourists came in. Tourists did come to Prague. Um, you know, money, certain amount of money did make it its way into tourists' pockets. If you were if you had a reason for it to, um, you couldn't just say I bumped into a tourist. So exchanging money was strictly illegal. Like whoa. So no, you couldn't just say oh I got you know I changed um, crowns from a, for from a tourist. That was a big no no. Um, so so yeah, you had to have a really good reason. Like I sold this tourist a beer and he paid me in marks. Okay, cool. Um, here's your bunny. That was a very small percentage of the population. Like, that's right. So if, if, um, if you've been listening to our show, you might've also come across another show, which is called the Eastern Border Podcast by, uh, by a guy named Chris Dops, who actually lives in Latvia and is, and is, you know, doing this whole thing. So here's the thing. He's on a train, I presume in Latvia right now. And this show is going to revolve around a communist subject that 
he might talk about in the future. We don't even know. He doesn't even know what we're talking about. This is totally ad hoc. And <laughs> it, we're basically – so, so Skype Santa doesn't Clara, work. Prague, Czech Republic. <laughs> and now and now Latvia or wherever he is on a train. So uh, I had to add right. Skype credit real quick because somehow he couldn't log into Skype. Now we're going to try to call him um, if I can figure out how to do that <laughs> and join and add him to the call. And then we'll we'll get on to our, oh, our the topic. Love it. Hey, Kristaps. Yes, listen here. Hey, it works. So, Kristaps, welcome to the Bohemian uh, podcast. Uh, first of all, where are you going? Are you in? Are you in? You're in Latvia right now, right? Yep, I'm going from Lidia to Riga right now because I got really sick while doing research for my for my Chernobyl episode. And are you are you sick right now? Because we have we have some questions for you. How how are you feeling? I am feeling quite terrible, but I can answer your questions. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, okay. We won't take up so much of your time. We want you to get better. Um, so we're we're talking to a somewhat ill Kristaps on the train in Latvia. Now we have this topic, and we couldn't find a lot of information about it. Okay. The question is: Have you heard about? Or I mean, do you know about? Um, I guess also in the Soviet Union, but in East Germany and. Czechoslovakia, they had these old shops where you could go and buy like Coca-Cola and stereos and, you know, Western products, Marlboro cigarettes. Do you know of those of those things? Did they have that in the Soviet Union or in Latvia? Communist? Yeah, yeah, you call them you call them Tuzaks. We call them bony stores. Or just uh, in Latvian nomenclature, because nomenclature stores, essentially, because mostly it was associated because you weren't supposed to have any foreign currency at all, except when you traveled somewhere, very limited amounts, or if right. you were north in the sea. So as only people from the nomenclature, the uh, higher echelons of the party, were allowed to have some cash on them, they were called as that one, and they actually had a lot of choices there and a lot of good things in them, much what? more than the stores. Do you, do you, have you ever heard stories, like give me a, a list of things that you've heard that you could buy in there. Like what are some of the examples? For example, sausage. Oh, really? I was thinking Meat. like Coca-Cola and stereos. No, no. God, no. Of course not. Those, those are all black market. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You see the what about, basic thing? So what about publications? Meat, no oranges. Okay. No, no books. No magazines. It was mostly souvenirs, good quality clothing, and, oh, and yeah. the food which wasn't anywhere anywhere available. Because I don't know how it was in Czech Republic, but over here, yeah. really everything went to the army. So even getting a good Good so slice of meat was right. extremely hard and difficult. So, if, so you, yeah, if you had bon, if you had the voucher, you would actually spend that on sausage because it was so bad. Because in, uh, in, in East Germany, it was like Inta shop. And in Czechoslovakia, it's Tuzex, the Tuzex. And yeah, like you said, you could only spend foreign currency or basically you could only spend boni. Like uh, in Czechoslovakia, you had boni. Like, I mean, yeah, because you couldn't get it or good clothes. Like in Czech Republic, I mean, of course, there was a huge black market. And East Germany, so East Germany had the nicest ones. They had the, they they were really, and then Czech Republic was maybe second or third. Czechoslovakia had also, you know, a pretty good, so you could buy Coca-Cola. But but the the Czechs that I spoke to had one Coca-Cola at Christmas. And anything more was way too expensive. 
You know, yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, I used to drink um, a 64-ounce cup at 7-Eleven is two liters. I used to drink two of those every day. <laughs> and checks were like, what? <laughs> My my grand my grand my grandmother my grandmother my grandfather managed to do quite well. He was a civil engineer. He grew grew up. He was born in nineteen twenty something. He's really old now, like ninety six or something. Right. Yeah. So at, at his time, all this road building, bridge building thing was the most high tech stuff ever. So he built bridges. So he just basically, when he was sixteen, he started basically working on the roads and all this civil engineering stuff. He went to university and ended up an engineer. Had been working as an engineer for like seventy years. Now he works at a museum of of road building uh, and stuff like that. And he's gonna he's gonna manage to be really important in the Soviet era as well as an engineer. Also, he he was a Nazi member sort of sort of kind of uh, built bridges for nazis too because he hated the communists a lot oh um, interesting yeah yeah it's uh, uh, more difficult back then <laughs> no it's thing, like yeah. it was like it was like he you know his his mom and dad were shot by stalin right. and then the germans arrived and he was like build bridges for us and we will not shoot you right and it was like yeah. okay yeah yeah no <laughs> you can just, in that case you have to choose between the lesser two evils he'd like fucked up and basically, like like I always say, the Russians treated us like dogs, and the Nazis were about fifty percent human. So, all right. So tell me, tell me more about this. Give me a picture of the black market in the Soviet Union. Like what? Okay. Because because it was actually pretty open. Everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew where you could yeah. buy Levi's and Coca Cola. Right, yeah. and, and my grandpa basically, he, my grandpa brought a. He, he managed to go to a trip to Japan, the official government trip with civil engineers and all that stuff, and he managed to bring back a single, a single can of Coca Cola from Japan. Yeah. So then they zero oh, 33 liters, the small one. Right. So they shared it with the family, like like yeah. small shots of Coca Cola, and then they put it on 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 uh, like the shelf, and it was like the coolest thing ever because you know wow. they had an empty yeah. Coke, Coke Coke can there. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to my show, The Olympic Burger. There's a lot about why everyone was freaking out when the Moscow Olympics happened. Because for a small amount of time, the Soviets actually licensed Fanta and Coca-Cola and were producing that on their own, which is weird. Yeah, but yeah, that, it's, it's my episode. But but about those black market things, yeah, everyone knew everyone, and they just kind of worked. You, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to talk about it, but you know, yeah. you went to the port and. Well, even if you didn't know anyone personally, you always knew someone who knew someone. And then, for example, as auto mechanics were extremely rare and that all the spare parts were a deficit. So you, if you were a mechanic, yeah. you would go and fix someone's car up and they'd give you a contact. And basically, they just ask, hey, do you want these jeans? They're going to cost you 200 yes. rubles. Yeah. And then, then you would got them. It was basically through port, through through all the people from there. Yeah. But yeah, jeans were jeans were extremely, extremely, extremely expensive. Uh, chewing gum was extremely expensive. Oh right. Good quality <laughs> plastic. Like, basically, even still up to like ninety five, even when we're independent, good quality plastic bags. Ex- yes. They can uh, say with, with the logo. There's a thing. there's a Czech movie called um, what I think it's called Pelishki. You haven't you haven't seen that, have you? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe I have seen it. I'll, I have seen it. I'll send you a link, and it's it, it takes place in the eighties, and they're just so they get these plastic spoons from Poland, and they're like, oh, yeah. oh. and they're like, our our socialist brothers, you know, create these fine, or maybe they're from East Germany, and they're you know our socialist German brothers, and then um, they stir their coffee with them, and they all melt, you know, and they're like, ah, oh. 
And then another, and then they get plastic cups and they're, and those are from Poland and they're like, oh yes, look at these. They're unbreakable. And someone throws it on the floor and it smashes, you know, and it's just making fun of, they were so happy to get plastic spoons and plastic cups because yeah. it was, yeah, hard to yeah. get. So yeah, weird, crazy. Like we think, you know, plastic is the cheapest thing. You know, if, if you, do, if you can get wood or metal, it's always better than plastic. Um, yeah, but yeah. In the US, it's like always like it's like oh you plastic i see how it is vodka co- vodka comes in glass bottles therefore glass is superior mm-hmm. there you go oh you don't want vodka so it's whiskey yeah. whiskey oh yeah by the way we're talking about vodka being the currency of the soviet union I, I mentioned that in a few episodes but the biggest trick is that most of the time if you didn't have most of the time the most expensive thing was like um, whiskey or or cognac or some really good quiet quality quiet quality alcohol because those were impossible to get, and what were there were just terrible. So, and George and wines we could get from Georgia, which is also part of the Soviet Union. But yeah. you know, Georgia produces wine. Wine goes to party people. No one sees them at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you could manage to sneak in somehow some good quality whiskey or something, then yeah, for that whiskey you'd probably you know there was this line to buy cars. You had to wait for like ten. If you were a common person, just wait in line for ten years to buy a car. That's yeah. Actually, ten years is the average in East Germany and Czechoslovakia. That was it. You you get on a waiting list and you just wait and wait and wait. And on average, well, yeah, you, it was ten years. Yeah, and if is, you yeah. if you have a good bottle of whiskey and you knew knew some right people yep. or some good alcohol, you just give it to them, and suddenly you can purchase a car tomorrow. Yep. You still have to purchase it, but yeah. yeah. But you may you get the allow. Yeah, you may purchase it. That's the difference. Yeah. It's it's kind of. Blatant corruption and nepotism everywhere. Yeah. How was, um, yeah, I, I mean, you were, do you, how old are you? No, you don't really remember the. I was the born fall. in 1989. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I was like seven years old and I, I mean, I, I was too young to understand everything that had that was happening, but I remember. I mean, I, I went to East Berlin and, you know, when I was seven. And that oh, I went, thing, I, but... I went and had an interview about the, the independence things here for uh, Jordan Harbor's Twilight Histories. Cause, you know, oh, okay. I'm always yeah. up. I'm always up for kind of gigs because you know I'm 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 a poor I'm a poor sod so he hired me to do this thing for them because I'm I'm up for any writing jobs or any job offers that you guys might have because uh, I really don't make much money elsewhere over here yeah so uh, yeah. so he paid me for this and I did a really good job uh, for him because I went and had a bunch of interviews with people actually got the independence that's stuff. cool yeah that's cool. I'll have to listen to that episode actually that's really cool it's it's, it's in his uh, members area did you have anything else to say about those bunny stores. So the trick is that I don't know they were closed, and if you actually happen to get some of those, like bony, and you weren't up in the higher echelons, then you would fall under a lot of suspicion because you could get them elsewhere. You could so, get them in the black yeah, market. Even, even the bunny, even the bunny were black market, right? Yeah. On the black market, you could pay ruples for bunny, probably, yeah. but it would just be very expensive. Yeah, but then again, not that you could spend your money on anything useful as well here. Yeah. Well, basically, you you could buy stuff for money, and if you had, but but everyone spent money on you know, I don't even know what the guys in the black market with their rubles, but uh, essentially, yeah, all your money if you just you didn't have to pay any bills at all, right? You, yeah. Everyone had a job officially, and everyone just basically oh, you had a, yeah. you had a money, you were poor, you didn't you you couldn't so, buy normal food, good clothes, or anything. 
So you had this, this stack of rubles just laying there because what the hell yeah. did you do with and, them? So you used them for bribes in black market. And because money, yeah, because money was different uh, in so many ways. So uh, some people in Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic miss that, like the older generation that were already retired and the, the government paid for your retirement, the government paid your rent, the government, you know, um, um, milk was like five cents and bread was like 50 cents. And, you know, people missed that. So is there still a communist party in, in parliament in Latvia today? Mm, definitely not. Not in they, Latvia. They were outlawed. It's, it's, or, or, but the, see, the, the trick is the that politicians we have, we, are still there, right? Like in Czech Republic, if I go to the supermarket, I can go see some old um, high up communist party member. They're still oh, there. Yeah, of course. They didn't go I'm to not, jail. They didn't nothing there. And some I'm of them are not, still in politics. One of one of the guys here who was the mayor of Riga, he participated into the August August Putsch thing where the barricades happened and shit. So he did go to prison for a while. But um, technically, see, this is weird. This is why a lot of people are very afraid here. So see, Bernie Sanders elected because all the socialists who were incidentally Russian, uh, they all just joined the kind of so socially democratic socialist right. party so for us left is associated with pro-russian really left people. yeah 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 exactly and in czech republic too so there well czech republic still does have the communist party and they're uh, they're fairly successful and then there's the social democrat party which is all made up of former communists yeah and so our left our left the czech's left is also very left and very pro moscow it's and anti eu and so forth and and they're strong. I was they were actually in power for a while, and so technically I lived in a communist state, even though it was a democratic communist state uh, with a, with a free market. But it, the communist power party was in power with the socialist one. So. Wait, I have a quick question, real quick, too, regarding. Yeah. Um, um, and are we going to be doing this in the show, by the way? No. Oh, yeah. By the way. Hey, so, dear listeners, Andrew Fankuche, my uh, editor, our editor is here on the show. Um, so yeah, that, no, you're you're officially on the show, Andrew. It's all good. Hi. What's your question? No, uh, no I just had a quick question because um, I know in Germany, like in East Germany, um, there's a lot of um, what's called like DDR nostalgia, where it's like people are like, oh, yeah. oh, people are like nostalgic for the DDR. Like, yeah. is there any of that in any of that where you are too, or do you know if anything in uh, Prague? And yeah, is there is there in Latvia, Christophs? Because in Czech Republic Most... there is. Yes, absolutely. Not as there much is... as in Germany, but yeah. There is some nostalgia, but like I said, it's mostly among our ethnic Russians. Because technically, right. there are yeah. still a bunch of people here who have been living here for 20 years now and still don't even talk Latvian at all and don't yeah. even want to talk Latvian. Right. So it's a, it's a weird – look, it's, it's getting into politics. I'm going to devote an episode on this, but if I'll speak too much, literally, I'm, I'm probably – it will be dangerous for me to walk around the street, yo. <laughs> Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So in, in so Czech Republic is between that and Germany. In in Germany, because the West German government took over, all the communists basically first of all left the government and there was no more communist influence. It was all West well, German parties. But now, of course, they've kind of come back and there's support. Um, but all the East German the reason that everything it happened so fast. Trabant, all the East German um, sodas, uh, you know, drinks and food were gone overnight. In Czech Republic, they were just privatized. So Škoda, the car brand, you can still buy, but you cannot buy a Trabant. And you can still buy Becherovka and Pilsen beer and Budweiser, all those things that were state-owned, communist-owned. You can buy them. They're still alive. Those brands still exist. Yeah, it, it's still here. It's, it's still the very same thing. They just got privatized yeah. and modernized. 
So it's different than Germany because in Germany they all went away immediately and then people missed them because they were like, you know, this brand of pick, you know, if you have you ever seen Goodbye Lenin? It's just, you know, yeah, well, of I course. I want Spevelda pickles because those are the pickles that I'm used to. I want the local Berlin brand, not the one from Cologne or Hamburg. And yeah, and and you know, so th- this this nostalgia came because everything was gone, everything was different overnight. In you know, all the Trabants disappeared, and people could buy VW Golfs and those things. And whereas in Czech Republic, twenty years later, when I was there, you could still see Škodas, the old Škodas. You could still see the old Russian. Um, what, what were those called? The Lada Ladas and and those yeah, Lada. Old, yeah, Lada and those old cars. They're still there. They're not in Germany. They're gone, long gone. So yeah, it's different. It's it's kind of weird. So Eastern Eastern Europe isn't isn't a monolithic block of, of things. It's, yeah, no. Huh? It's actually very complex here. You yeah. know that because you've been. Also, you know good beer. You you have spent some time in Czech Republic oh, yeah. in Germany. Our beer is on par with that, really. Yeah, you guys. Our beer is like really guys, good here in Latvia. Yeah, you guys had the same tradition of German brewers. Yeah. That, oh yeah, definitely. That's and this, <laughs> this confuses a lot of people. People think that we mostly drink vodka here, which is not true. <laughs> you know, being ruled over by Germans for, yeah, for by to, German yeah. nobility for seven hundred years. Yeah, we drink beer. It's here. not even. It's not, uh, it's, it's not all vodka, actually. So, like, we're, yeah, you just said exactly. So, Czech Republic and um, Latvia and some other countries are more beer than vodka. And yep. Hungary, um, Mol, you know, Slovakia, um, Moldova, South Ukraine, they, they all drink more wine. Than yeah. vodka, so it just it it doesn't. Yeah, the the stereotype. Now, what if is your true listeners is that, can get their hands on it, uh, I recommend trying Armenian or Georgian wine. It's just excellent. Okay. Oh, yeah, but Chris, Chris Dabs. What? I'd be curious to see what you think of because like you, you're saying how like beer in the U.S. and Germany is like better than like here. I'd be curious to see what you guys because in America right now, what's happening is I guess the best way to phrase it is a beer renaissance. Yeah. Microbreweries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we have a lot of those. We have a lot of them too. But just imagine the fact that a lot of our industrially made beer is just as good as your microbrewery stuff. Oh my goodness! That that's the thing. That's the thing. So yeah, if I'm if I'm totally honest, I the best beer I've ever had, probably the best three beers I've ever had, are all three American beers. But they're all from microbreweries, and just the cheapest Czech beer is yeah definitely as good as a microbrew lager if not better i mean there's just no comparison so it depends on what you're comparing you but know good see so extremely yeah. good microbreweries and people yeah they can make excellent beer and, of course and you know what czech republic also has microbreweries <laughs> and the yep. beers that they brew will blow your minds they're just mostly lagers rather than ales but all all kinds of variety and things that you will not find in america so oh yeah we, over over, yeah, over oh, here man. my favorite uh, if I, I'm gonna, I'm, if you're ever gonna come visit, I'm just gonna give this. There's a beer called from a from a Latvian microbrewery called Green Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's seven point two degrees alcohol. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't really feel it at all because it's essentially like drinking a. It's an it's an IPA, Indian yep. Pale Ale. Yeah, IPA. But yep. it it literally tastes like a pine forest. Mm-hmm. It's the best way how to explain the taste. It. it I don't know what a like pine what, forest tastes like, but I'm. But smell. Very... It's essentially it's like it smells of forest and feels very refreshing yeah, and that piney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make sure to come over when I, whenever I come over to Latvia. I'll make sure to stop by and be like, man, show I would, me everything. I would love to do. Yeah, I would love. I'm, to, I'm, to I'm, I have a drinking contest with Glenn, by the way, because because uh, it was interesting because when when Lesser Butterparts joined the Dark Myths, 
And then Glenn posted about the, the alcohol content and the dark myths has increased a lot and the stuff. And, <laughs> and I kind of I, I softly objected to this because, you know, I'm Soviet. I still was born in the USSR, yo. And, and then, then we have to make a drinking contest now because he, he thinks his Appalachian mountain thing can, can beat my Sovietness. Are you, oh, are you my trying God. To... That's, that's a great con. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is, this like... is basically Rocky Four, but with alcohol. And uh, exactly. It. Andrew, you're reading my mind. We need to call the New York Times right now. This is <laughs> Appalachia versus, like, Soviet Union. This is, oh, my God. This is the contest it's of the freedom. century. It's, we're bringing back the Cold War. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's on. Cold War is back. Oh, dude, that is. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I wonder what the Vegas odds there are because, yeah, I, I would, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have. I've read about I the Appalachian Mountains. It's going to be contest. tough, but I believe I can win this. Oh, my naive little Latvian friend. Oh, <laughs> you have no you idea. Trying, you didn't understand. So Appalachian, so like, yeah, Everclear, Moonshine can be basically pure alcohol. It can be, you know, 99.9. Yeah, we well, had prohibition it's here. It's we had be. prohibition here as well. Everyone made moonshine on yeah, their own wine. I know. Or actually, yep. There, yeah. Actually, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody can have their own little still and just start boiling potatoes. And yeah, there you go. It it is a similar culture. I, I think. I think that yeah, you can tell Glenn uh, that that we're definitely going to make a special co- collaboration episode whenever we actually meet and have this drinking contest. Oh my god! That'll we, be. I'll be there with a video camera and a microphone. All right, all right. Anyways, that's that's all the time we got here. So I'll let, I'll let Christophs go, and uh, thanks for being on the show, Christophs. And um, for all that don't know, he does a fantastic podcast called The Eastern Border, which is also a, a Dark Myths um, member. And yeah, go go take a look at that if you want to hear more about Soviet Union and communists at the time, communism and all that stuff. He covers um, those topics and related topics, and does a does a great um, job of giving you a picture of what it was like to, to live in the wrong side of the Iron Curtain. Um, so, yeah, th- thanks for being on the show, Christops, and I, I hope you'll uh, stop by again soon. You just made me blush so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, you know what? It's not that great. I just... It's, it's an okay show. I give it a C-. It's, you know... It's no, like... It's, no, it's, 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 cool. it's really cool. I, I've really been enjoying listening to it. And I'm really happy that... I mean, that was a huge gap. Why aren't there more shows about, um, you know, the Eastern Bloc and, and that whole part of the world? So, yeah. No, it's, it's filling a critical void. It's great. And you're actually in <laughs> Latvia, so you give us that first-person account of, of things that are happening there. So that's... Yeah, no, it's great. Oh, man. Just, just thank you. Anyway, it was really glad. It was really nice to talk to you guys, um, and I really hope we should do this more often. I think. So, th- so these shops did not have windows, um, save one. There was one single in the whole Eastern world, as far as I know. I don't know about Russia that well, but Czechoslovakia and um, Eastern Germany only had one shop, and that was in Berlin. There was an Easter shop in the metro station, and uh, that that one had a window. And so you, people could actually look. But overall, uh, just being in these Tuzaks, people did realize what they were missing. You know, they were like, oh, hey, Coca-Cola, why can't well, I? And, that, and, that's, and that's the last thing that you wanted people that, that yes. were, were craving, especially younger people that were yeah. craving Western music, Western periodicals like magazines for fashion uh, that were just so close to you beyond, beyond the border to uh, West Germany. Uh, that uh, sometimes you could smuggle those things in. If it had anything to do with religious nature, you had to smuggle those things in. Anything that had to right. do with um, any other type of 
of uh, literature had to be written on a special typewriter so yeah. that it couldn't be traced back to underground publishing. So we're not just you, talking yeah, about even, you know, even, tonight. We're talking about yeah, no, even Tuzaks yeah. were like limited in what they sold because the the communist government only went so far. So a hi-fi stereo, sure. A uh, a book on uh, Adam Smith or you know something on capitalism or you know just just the latest um, car manual. No, no, no. Like no, nothing that's over the top. Too. You know, West definitely probably no religious items even in these Tuzaks, but I don't know. I'd have to go ask somebody. Um, I think yeah, Prague, I, I Prague would, was it, different. It, Prague, you actually could buy uh, re- like crucifixes and books on religion. You could in Prague. Um, you you could. Russia but here, but here's was much stricter. Some of those things because because a lot of the things that you would get at these shops um, would still spark the same sort of uh, of uh, background following on if, by seeing you walk into these shops. Just like Christoph was saying that the KGB would be monitoring who would be going yeah. in and out of these shops as easy prey to follow you, especially if you were a national. Now, here's the thing. Same thing happened here. The, the secret police that had the connections to the communist government would be very aware of who was visiting and, and who would be probably t- taking part in these shops, thinking, like you said, Travis, how would these folks get a hold of their dollars? Are they coming back once a week or twice a week? You really took your, your your privacy and the chance of you getting busted into your own hands by having a jonesing for an American cigarette or uh, yeah. Coca-Cola. So you, you probably if – if you did it smart, you probably had a network of buddies that you know would, would kind of alternate about who would go in every once in a while. But you're still putting yourself at great risk. Yes, and 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 I there are websites. Um, I'm thinking East German now more than Czech, but I'm sure there's. I don't know if there. I don't know how open the Czechs are about this, but the Germans really because East Germany became really a part of West Germany. That's how you should look at it. Um, they were just more open about their communist past because it was all forgotten, and there's a new government. Czechs were more weird about it. A lot of the Czechs stayed in government in Germany. That happened a lot, lot less. Um, they're so, still here. <laughs> yeah, and and in Germany too. I mean, but but a lot, lot less. So so the the thing is that yeah, they they kind of laughed about it more, and they much quicker. They were much quicker to open up secrets, and you can go to websites which are just fascinating. It's um oh, I wish I had the. I wish I remembered the name, but I, I you can find it. It's just it's some of these archives of the spy photos, the 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 people that were the Stasi in East Germany's case of the people that were that were spying on you and taking pictures, and they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily arrest you. This was all blackmail. So they would open your drawers and, oh, he's got a, you know, some pornography from West Germany. Click, click. And, oh, he's got, you know, uh, Marlboro cigarettes. and Or he's got East German cigarettes, but when you open them up, the actual cigarettes themselves say Marlboro on them. And he's got a, you know, the back of his closet has a an Elvis poster or a Beatles poster. And, you know, these kind of things. And they're all kind of hidden in the apartment. And yet they're everywhere because everybody wanted these things. Everybody had something from the West. Everybody had contraband. Everybody was a criminal. That's the thing. I mean, that's why it failed. Um, not, I mean, even people that towed the party line still, you know, snuck a snuck a Marlboro or you know Coca Cola or something, you know, now and then. Well, they, um, and this is this is true. We're, we're talking about you know getting you know material or some certain things that that would be uh, uh, out of reach as far as things that make you happy, as far as a uh, you know Coca Cola or, or something you couldn't get someplace else, but. On the other aspect of, of the the strength the strengthening, especially after the Prague Spring collapse, things got really tight here in Czech Republic or Czech, Czechoslovakia at the time, and you really had big problems with the STB. So what they would do is they would have a camera there uh, and be able to take uh, pictures of especially tourists walking across the bridge. 
And what I thought was very interesting, you mentioned a, a publication that, that has these pictures. There was a book uh, published here a few years ago, and for the life of me, I, I, I don't know why I didn't buy it, um, but I can't find it now. But there were photographs from the old STB that were of people being spied upon in Czechoslovakia at the time. Yeah, and there's, there's uh, another it was very, one. Very interesting. There's another website which I think I brought up before, but it's called uh, some spies spying on spies spying on spies or something, and it's or spies spying on spies is maybe enough. I don't know. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, because it was spies watching spies watching spies. Dot com maybe if, <laughs> if you get if you right. get lucky, um, but it is pictures. So East and West played this this real cat and, cat and mouse game, and both sides knew what was going on, and they knew they knew what the other side was listening. So they would you know red herrings were you know ninety percent of everything was just a red herring, and so they would stand there on the other side of fences or across from a field, and <clears throat> so there's these pictures of it's a whole website of just a picture of somebody taking a picture of you of the person taking the picture and it's spies watching spies watching spies because it's just a matter of saying i know you're you're there and i know you know i'm here and i know you're taking my picture but i'm taking your picture too and we both know each other is there you know what i mean yep and, and keeping people in our race. you know th- th- so this time was, was just like this ridiculous it's just but it got crazy, silly i mean it's, crazy time yeah watch well, james bond if you don't know what i'm talking West. about Right, you can watch the James Bond movies. Because re- those, those are all um, historic documentaries. Shut up, Coleman. Yeah, <laughs> I know they're great. Um, on a reality basis, a lot of us actually would watch or see pictures in the West and during the 1980s of these very long queues of people in line waiting for um, the, the the smallest of options in the grocery stores: uh, a piece of bread, a a, 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 you know, a banana, or something like that. Yeah. And we think, you know, and a lot of people I remember at the time saying, "Oh, this is just this is just capitalist rhetoric to to you know make the Cold War even colder." And people were saying that, but what we didn't realize was that all was true, <laughs> you know, at the time. And this wasn't a propaganda issue to kind of further a capitalist agenda versus a communist sort of issue. Um, you talk to people here that lived it. Yes, you know, to get a banana, you got you got a banana or a citrus fruit for Saint Ni- uh, Saint Nicholas Day on the fifth of December or sixth of December once a year, and yeah. that was a, an, a, a huge I've, gift yeah, to so get from your parents. I, yeah, I've, I've actually heard differences between uh, Moravia and Prague. So Prague was pretty metropolitan. Oranges existed at least around December. Okay, and um, proudly from Cuba, by the way. And uh, whereas like in Brno or Ostrava, it might be a little harder to get one or maybe more expensive or maybe better quality, you know, worse quality, that kind of thing. Um, so and as you go, so Latvia, again, like you said, there was a port, but still tough and, you know, still expensive. Um, but yes, it's not like super bleak around Christmas. Everybody had oranges and bananas. And it's like, well, yeah, that's yeah. just and totally different. Anything else beyond Christmas, we're talking the rest of the year. You're, you're, you're talking about cues and lines and you're yeah. talking about, you know, having to struggle getting a good cut of meat or those type of things. And it, it was really, really difficult. I, I had people tell me, too, especially like you said, Travis, uh, when you teach English here and you talk to um, older Czechs that want to want to dive back into it for business reasons, um, you get to hear these great stories. And I, I wasn't I was a little shy of asking these stories at first. But as I got to know the person, they were more open about telling me, you know, what life was really like. But they never would, you know, they would do it with a sense of humor, a sense of a smile on their face uh, that wasn't out of out of happiness telling retelling these stories, but basically that you can almost read their face that they they know that you're not going to fully believe it. 
you know, because you're, you're A, American, and B, you're not of this era where people had to struggle. And um, I found that an interesting sort of dynamic of listening to their stories about, you know, you know, being careful oh. about getting their child baptized, hey. you know, because someone would find out. Sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm a, I'm a, Christoph just mentioned this on Facebook. He's like, so, so now in case we we're wondering where Christoph was, cause I couldn't really understand him. So Travis J. Dow randomly calling me while I'm on a train ill going from Ludza to Riga question mark. No, no, that happened. Christoph's. You did not have a fever. That actually did happen. Calling to my phone. <laughs> he's going to Wait, wait, he's not done. And he's not did it happen? He's not done. He's not done. <laughs> Calling to my phone from USA to answer questions about the special foreign currency only stores in the USSR. Of course I answered, but the connection was terrible. Lol or LOL. I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to read that out loud. Okay. Uh, ha- hashtag hashtag oh there's a hashtag Pete wait for it you love this part you love hashtags wait for it hashtag only in dark myths that was did I did I oversell the hashtag I don't know but I know you like hashtags so that's in yeah. case you hear typing in the background I'm just like um yeah I'm just responding to that so this is all real time folks this is like this is happening right now yeah. yeah, Travis, going back to this, again, you know, the, these things are, were, were real. And these people that lived through it here in the Czech Republic, um, yeah. you know, it, it's a big disconnect because you've yeah, got well, you, 20-something-year-olds yeah. that have no idea about what life was like uh, before the time, about how hard it was to do the simplest things uh, or how special it was to get a fashion magazine from West Germany smuggled into you that you would hit, you would hide under your bed Make sure no one found right. out that you had and, it. You wouldn't and, tell anybody you had it. Yeah, there's so there's one more crucial point here. So you could, um, if you could get Bonnie, basically kind of problem solved, you could walk into the store and all was good. No one would really ask questions at that point. It was the exchange itself, kind of. Um, but uh, the 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 problem was so towards the the later days, um, the government got more and more lax on how it handled this, and more and more people had access, especially like in the late eighties. Really, uh, most people probably had seen the inside of a Tuzek. Um, everybody, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, and the problem was is that Tuzeks were just way more expensive than stuff was in the West. They upped the price, you know, fivefold sometimes to keep everything rare sure. and to really, you know, get that get that foreign money. They had a monopoly. Why not? The Soviet government had a monopoly on Coca-Cola and Marlboro. Yeah, you know, they could charge whatever they wanted. And Czechoslovak government, too, and the East German government. So um, it was a sweet deal for them. And it did really work. They got a lot of foreign currency that way. That's that's a big way how they got foreign currency from their own populations. Because, um, hard, you know, we can't you can't tax them. You don't know if they have it. I mean, it's 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 weird. But yeah, so give them give them some hi-fi, some uh, yeah hi-fi like stereos. And there you go. The problem was, is that sometimes it was just easier to smuggle stuff. And because it was so expensive, especially like Kristaps said in, in Latvia, maybe less people actually had access to these Tuzeks. Um, and then, you know, they had a port. So if you just had connections, you could get foreign money. You could um, get, you know, people would bring things. Like people would come with suitcases of Levi's jeans every time they came from West Berlin or from if they ever came from the U.S. especially. Um, yeah, but, you know, jeans and, and boots and shoes and cigarettes and co- so- soda and chocolate from from Austria or Switzerland and, and just all kinds of uh, stuff. So 
really the black market was 10 times bigger than any sales done at these Tuzex. But still, the Tuzex was the way to launder the money. Okay, so now you got foreign currency somehow, um, you know, through some shady dealings. Okay, so now I can buy Bonnie and launder it and get get local currency, get my soft currency that that no one will ask questions about. Um, that kind of thing. So it kind of the the Tuzex was like it was like intermingled in the black market. It made the black market worse. It made people want Western things worse. Many people did not know what they were missing until they walked into a Tuzex for the first time. A little tiny right. corner store with just a couple of little things in it, and they were just minds blown. What? Look at that glossy magazine. Look at that red print on that cigarette pack or that red on that soda. I mean, not to be cliche, like they had colors. Don't get me wrong. But if you've seen uh, uh, like communist era packaging, it's just like it's funny. It's so bland and doesn't really change in the 70s and 80s that much. Well, it's just, you, you know, Travis, you know, you, you turn me on to a um, great movie from from Germany a few years ago. So, Travis, you know, you, you mentioned this before in a, a movie that that you, that you really enjoyed about a woman that was going into a coma uh, in East Germany. That was com- a comedy when she came out of the coma. Oh, yeah. Uh, any kind of yeah stress would have would have set her back or maybe yeah, killed goodbye. her. So her family decided to make, uh, you know, paint over the fact that, that the wall came out, came down and that there was no more communism in Germany. And yeah. so I, that reminds me of this movie. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, in Prague, in many places, there's like communist museums and you can go see this stuff. But if you don't have access to communist museums, then go watch Goodbye Lenin. It's in German, but um, I don't know if it's been dubbed, but it's worth it to watch it in subtitles. Just uh, you you really see even, you know, they go to a, they go to Ikea and get a new kitchen. And I've mean, just seen all this stuff like old compared to new. They just throw everything out. Everything is just so different. Um and and yeah and there's a there's another movie so that's a german movie there's a czech movie called bonnie clyde have it's like bonnie and clyde kind of but it's a play on words have have you seen that no i haven't seen that so one. okay so it was made in 1988 and just for that fact i'd say whoa what go watch it because we are talking a movie that was made in czechoslovakia during communist times making fun of everything we're saying on this episode, okay? So Bonnie is those Bon, the 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 uh no, we're talking the about vouchers. Right. Yeah, the vouchers money. is probably the correct yeah. English word. So you had to go exchange to get vouchers and only and Tuzex only took vouchers. So with these guys and this is so fantastically late 80s but it's it's 80s in uh, Czechoslovakia. Uh, like we're talking tracksuits, okay? And like total like hoodlum, like Czechoslovak hoodlums like Nazartivale, uh, <laughs> you know, all like just um just totally slumming it, but still co- under communism. And the by this time in 88, um it so this was a huge controversial music uh movie by the communists because communists were still there. And then the next year it fell and it became became popular overseas and uh, all that stuff, but um, this movie um, really shows. So, 1988, you did have tourist buses coming over from West Germany and other places, and and um, basically these, you know, they would just run up at rest stops on the autobahn or someplace or on the highway in Czechoslovakia, and just run up on these buses and be like, currency, 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 and you know, try to get as many Deutschmarks as they could, and just um, you know, sell something. They would they would have something really cheap for sale, like sandwiches. Um, some water, you know, just anything to get a mark or two, a Deutschmark or two. And because that Deutschmark was gold, you know, oh my goodness. And, you know, then they go and, and
and exchange it somehow and get money and and that was their life and um or they would you know pass the money on for huge profits whatever but th- they were just so there's this whole this just one little piece of the chain of the whole black market as a whole and obviously now when when communism collapsed organized crime filled the void just like magic overnight especially in russia but you know the russian mafia all, made its way to, yeah it, made it, uh, the russian mafia terms, itself you, made you its way see, to czechoslovakia and you, you know um right but you so, can see so some of these things in today Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, you know, downtown in Wichita Square, you can still see there are places people, there'll be dealers for drugs oh, and yeah. hard drugs down there after midnight. And there's, of course, red red light brothel areas yeah. that are not really legal, but they're, they're there. The, the, yeah. the people look the other way. You right. Know, and, authorities look and, the other way. Yeah. And so even like part of this looking the other way attitude, that all happened in con- communism times because a lot of the economy just wouldn't function quite right if you know there wasn't a huge black market, you know, underlying people wouldn't get enough shoes people wouldn't get enough you know certain items like you might actually get stopped on the street if you if you're walking around in jeans or whatever but if if they looked old enough if you had them long enough maybe like okay you know whatever um but yeah it's just it it was just it was just weird just things that we would never think about like thing you know things that we take for granted as, as far as freedoms and and that kind of thing um but like yeah just in a weird way now bonnie aklid that movie really shows that in 1988 it was filmed in the time so that's why I recommend it so highly. I would say go go watch that. There's other. I mean, we've mentioned other Czech movies that were made later that portray communist life, and they're fantastic. But Bonnie Aklid is maybe the first Czech movie I saw. Period. Like someone instantly. I think that my my same student that told me about Tuzex was like, "Oh, there's a movie about it. You should go watch it." And I and I went home and found it and did. You know. Um, well, you know, it, 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 this would be kind of uh, remiss of us not to also mention some of the other pop culture sort of things we kind of touched on a little bit in Czech Republic during the 80s, you know, uh, coming into uh, the Velvet Revolution. And, uh, you know, people still kind of push the envelope. Travis, you, you're right. You hit the nail right on the head because there were so many um, uh, external factors coming in and people were feeling it that they started to push the envelope and the authorities weren't pushing back as, as strong as they were throughout most of the 1970s. Um, you know, groups like Kabat, you know, you, you still see them every once in a while doing a reunion tour. This was a Czech heavy metal-ish sort of band during the 1980s. And uh, I think one of their bigger hits was uh, Maladama, which means Little Lady. Um, I think um, there were a couple other big hits in there as well for them. And they're treated kind of like rock gods here. Only, not maybe so much that the, the millennials today love that type of music, but more so that these guys did it the hard way and they did it during the days of communism uh, when everything was on the line for them. And, you know, one of the big things that kind of showed you that the the Czechs were ready for Western culture, just salivating for it, was in 1990, I believe it was 1990, when the Rolling Stones came here and played to over 100,000 fans. And it just it tore the place yeah. apart. That was yeah, uh, that's know, like almost a revolution right there. I mean, exactly, you know, right there, exactly, yeah. you know. And so um, people were ready for it. So as we see through the course of the 1990s into the 2000s, and uh, and now we're going into closer to the end of the uh, end of the 2000, uh, getting closer to 2020. Uh, in this case, that we're seeing that that people have embraced what, what the Western stuff now. And if you were to talk to a millennial and say, "Hey, dude," 
Uh, do you know that it was hard to get Coca-Cola as they're going into an IMAX movie theater downtown um, or wearing the latest fashion that you'd see in London or New York? Uh, they would look at you with a crazy look in their eyes saying, I, I think I heard stories about that from my mom. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just a big, big difference. And it's only been a couple decades uh, since some of these things were very difficult that we're talking about tonight and under communist rule. And, uh, you know, the freedom here is there. But much like many other post-Soviet or satellite countries, they're having that sort of big um, sort of uh, – I don't know, what would you call it, Travis, it's a sort of uh, issue of freedom is wonderful, but it comes with the other parts of it, which are, you know, maybe the vices that come with it, that if you don't be careful that you're going to fall into those things. Um, the things that we see in the United States or you see in Canada or, or in, in Great Britain. Um, and th th those are struggles. You know, you have the freedom to, to make some bad decisions. And, you know, Papa government's not always going to come by and rescue you for your own good. And that, that's a big part of the evolution that I think the Czechs are going to have to make. They have made in some cases. And I think you've seen that too, uh, you know, Travis in Germany, that uh, the Eastern Germans uh, had to make some of those decisions as well. Yeah, yeah. It all, I mean, the history kind of differs in many aspects, like from between Latvia and Czechoslovakia and um Eastern Germany, like Latvia was really, and then a couple of years later, Slovakia also, you know, Latvia and Slovakia had to kind of um, rebuild their their whole countries because their whole governments were just run by some somebody else, basically. Um, Eastern Germany just became capitalist overnight, like really, really weird stuff. Um, and, you know, Russia, just the mob took over, a huge depression. It just, it just all went different ways. Um, but yeah, these... These Bonny, the schemes around Bonny post-communism, I think we should almost, this warrants a whole nother show. The two most wanted men in, in Czech Republic right now, one may be dead now, uh, and one, or may, one may be caught. It's been, it's been years since I really checked up on the news. Um, but the, there was these, um, after communism fell, they just gave everybody a thousand crown voucher and said, use this to invest in these now privatized companies. And people just came by and bought them by the boatload and then just would have billions and billions of these vouchers and then, you know, buy a company or, and, you know, do one thing. And then that company, I mean, the profits would just be so they're billionaires now sitting in the Bahamas and the Czech Republic is, you know, trying to go after <laughs> right. extradition treaties. And and when they do, these billionaires just kind of move to a smaller island where the Czech Republic does not have an extradition treaty kind of thing. And, and they're, they're, they're safe. One of them might have been nabbed with U.S. help. I don't remember. One of them might have died, been killed because um, this now happened 20 years ago. So they've, they've been laying openly on the lamb. I mean, you know, for, for decades. And these, so some got rich off of these weird schemes, these loopholes or these, um, you know, the transition from communism to capitalism. Oh, many got rich on the transition. Actually, there are more billionaires in Moscow than any other city period per capita or non. <laughs> it's just crazy. And others, and others in the Czech Republic just went into politics. <laughs> so, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, They're we, still there. We They're said still this there before. In East yeah, Germany, they were really shunned, the and just the Western parties just took over. And, you know, okay, you're now right. voting for Western constituents, Western candidates, um, or, or, or Eastern ones that came out of nowhere or that were related to the opposition. Just like, um, you know, the main, the main Czech party for years and years was, was from the, the opposition, and now it's kind of splintering. But it all came from that Charter 77, that pre-Velvet Revolution you know, activity, those those underground guys that were known, they served jail time. So the anti-communists thought they were trust trustworthy and that therefore voted for them. 
Um, but the communists themselves weren't gone. You know, they were still there. They didn't serve jail time. You see them at the supermarkets. You can see former well, that's, foreign, that, that's former thing. like secretary, you thing. know, secretaries of state, whatever, you know, parliamentary members and supermarkets in Prague. You that, know, that, well, that's the thing, Travis. It, 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 these guys just didn't evaporate, you know, and that that's the thing absolutely that not. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they were communist. They came through the communist uh, deal, the Socialist Party. They were movers and shakers, and they um, when things went uh, the other direction, uh, you know, they they played it down a little bit, and then to the point where. Uh, they hope that people had short memories, and some people do, and some people do not. And right. um, yeah, you, yeah. you get to see people that are even saying, "Hey, I want to expunge my 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 name. I want to go out there, and I'll have these trials or these sort of you know a trial in the in the in the open community to prove that I'm not a communist or I'm oh, not they, a socialist." Those stories still make the but news. What they do is they, if you pick up a Czech yeah, newspaper, make, though, yeah, yeah, they're still they, they, they still the happen news. every year. And on top of that, they know the people that are making these decisions in the courts. And of course, they're never going to say they're going to find evidence that they were part of the Communist Party or whatever yeah, the case they, may be. They get off pretty light. And so they yeah. walk scot free. There's yeah. yeah, in Germany too, they they're like, okay, this and this communist was dealt. You know, um, I mean, they're still finding Nazis for Pete's sake. Did you hear that there was a guy that was involved in Auschwitz just got he was he yes. died during the hearing basically. I mean, it's you know yeah, yeah it's so like it's, 90, not, it's not it's not dead. Right. Communism is is much fresher than than that. I mean, that's our lifetimes. You know, the it, it is something that people are concerned about that the communists could ever come back as a substantial party here uh, in the Czech Republic. And of course, with Big Brother Russia, yeah, no one wants me to say that Big Brother Russia, but you know, they are kind of a mover and shaker. Is still on the continent, and you know, when they flex their muscles, as we've seen in Eastern Ukraine, not a lot happens to them other maybe than some sanctions. You know, because they're a powerful country. And yeah. there's a long memory here about what happens when you don't put people in check, um, so to speak. Don't play on words here. When you put them in place, that uh, that they can over overextend their boundaries. And I can definitely understand that uh, at, from a Czech perspective. Okay, so Travis, you know, we talked a lot tonight about about uh, communism and and its effects here in Czech Republic. We talked about it in Germany, in Latvia, and uh, um, in some other satellite countries, and. And, you know, it was a time that was was difficult for for many people. That memory is long for a certain part of the population here in Czech Republic and in other parts of of the population it's non-existent. And uh, I wonder at one point when what what will the final histories write about the the time uh, post-World War II all the way through the Velvet Revolution in 1989 uh, about the little things, the things that made living here real. You know, like you know, the, it's like crazy. The shops talk about. Um, there, there is a significant some portion of the population, significant minority, let's say, that miss that miss the good old days, honestly. And um, they might be dying out because it is mostly an aging uh, demographic. Um, but in future, if they ever plan on being super politically correct and writing the history books, um, given their even given their current political and just you know their current environment in the country, the way that they look at life. Um, I think communism is going to get a more than fair shake. Like, honestly, there, you know, there's enough people, there's enough nostalgia around it. There's enough um, already in checks in a nutshell and th- those kind of like pop history books. You see that already. There's, you know, the the good old day when there's nothing better to do but go outside and picnic. Um, you know, that's like and, and, and when 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 milk was two crowns, bread was three crowns and rent was five crowns. You know, that kind of thing like that's that like people are just going to not never really forget that aspect, too. 
And um, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Like in America, it's like, oh, politically correct is like, oh, communists? Yeah, no, they're the devil. They're straight Satan. No, that, I think that's fair to say. You know, that would be political, yeah, but politically correct. The, the and, only, but, the in, only but in Czech Republic, that that's not that the case. History, and Germans also have a different it. attitude. Like Germany is like almost um, as the far right is growing, let's say, the far left is also kind of coming back. So it's like Germany, we are living through a time where they're becoming more extremist as a whole, like left and right. You know, the whole well, and, and things like the, know, Syrian, about- the Syrian refugees set, set, you know, kind of set these things off and people either defend them or, you know, hate foreigners more than ever. And it's just, yeah, it's it's ugly. But but the thing is, is that these anti-Nazi people are definitely giving, you know, looking at communism, looking back with rose tinted glasses in many, many aspects um, saying, you know, the, the, you know, one thing communists did right was stomp on fascists, you know, that like, right. So, I mean, there's, there's different ways to look at it. There's different viewpoints and, um, I'm definitely not going to say anything pro-communist here, but, um, yeah, it, it will be interesting to, to even in, even in our lifetimes, if I, you know, the, the Czech historians writing history books, um, it'll be really interesting to kind of see what they have to say about the fifties, sixties, seventies and eighties. In general, when you, when you get an idea about what life was like then and what it was like now, I think you're right, Trap. People revisit things and they look at it through rose-colored glasses. Um, and you're right, there are people here that are, especially older folks, where the government took care of you completely. Yeah. Um, and it had you know government-assisted housing. And now you're kind of a little they bit They had some own. hard I mean, times, think yeah. About, yeah, you got today you got to think about saving money for that. I mean, the same things we all concern ourselves in other democracies – uh, that the government is not completely in, in invested in your in your life, um, and they look towards. I mean, we see it today. We see people looking towards Finland or or, uh, or Sweden or or these places like that, and like, well, you know, cradle to grave, you know, government taking care of you. That's not so bad, right? Well, as time goes on, we're going to realize that these governments can't afford to keep doing this, and so you're going to have right. a lot of people going back and looking with rose-colored glasses. Even look at in our in our country, you say, well, people say communist, you think that's the devil. Not so much anymore. The word communist, maybe. Socialist, not so much. You know, people are saying, you know, one of our candidates right now is self-proclaimed socialist in a lot of ways. Social Democrat. Um, he would never be a, a social Democrat. A social Democrat. He would yeah. never be able to run 30 years ago, period. During the height of the Cold War, never would have happened. Yeah, no, no chance. And now we're having someone that says these things. You know, so, I mean... Um, you know, and we lab- we relabel things like you know what is once back in the early 20th century was socialist. They renabled themselves progressive. That's, that's been very we, yeah, yeah. That's been changed a lot. The the, I mean, the definition of socialism. Like here's the thing: if I tell yeah. you, all right, Pete, I'm gonna here's the deal. I'm gonna basically make I'm gonna make it so that you can buy eggs, bread, cheese, just one type of cheese, one type of bread, <laughs> eggs, government cheese, milk. Well, um, what's it called? Uh, hair, no, two types. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my dear checks. Two types. Hermeline and what's the other one? Um, the bland one. <laughs> the blander. There's bland and blander. Okay. Sorry. Um, uh, sausage. Sa- all kinds of different sausage. The, the, the really unhealthy kind, like the bad end of the spectrum sausage, but all you can eat. Okay. Fried meats, all just dirt cheap. You can buy all that stuff, including rent with pocket money. You're probably never going to get a car. You're probably going to maybe not even have a TV, but you'll get a radio. But here's the thing. Never travel. Here's the thing. For the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, Pete Coleman, you can half-ass your job. You can just be Johnny Cut Corners. (laughs) You can just come in. You got to be there on time. You got to leave. You got to stay till five. 
But man, you can practice your pencil twirling. You can build the biggest rubber band ball ever. <laughs> we're talking, I mean, oh, and where, where do you work? Where do you work? Because if it's a, if it's a place yeah. like a, lim- a lumber mill, well, now you know where you, how you're going to get the material for your cottage. You know, you can trade some, yep. some wood for additional right. eggs. Take some I, after hours just to make sure you this have is, something as a this quarter. Is, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. This is becoming like really <laughs> derogatory <laughs> in a way. But but the point is, is like not everybody, if, if really, if you don't like, tra- if travel is not your highest priority and you're just more worried about, you know, what am I going to do for retirement or, oh my God, my, you know, am I going to get fired? No. Well, you're never going to get fired again. You just come in nine to five and just kind of, you know. There's not even computers, so you just look at a piece of paper and doodle or something. Um, get paid. Come in, do if, yeah. if, if it's manual labor. Most of it was manual labor. If it is, it's like, you know, let's flip three boards an hour. Take a smoke break. Flip another three boards. Oh, lunchtime. Um, oh, and lunch involves about four to eight beers for about <laughs> you know five cents a piece. Um, yeah. And your boss is with you, so it's all good. You, you're not going to get fired. So now, now, now that actually sounds pretty appealing to some. Like you know, maybe not um, the people that end up going to Harvard or you know, I don't know. Oh, oh, hey, by the way, and university is free. In fact, we'll pay you. Uh, we mean room and board and tuition is free. We will pay you to go to university. You can be a doctor. You can be an engineer, and uh, you know, move up the well, ladder. Maybe, move maybe to move not. to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may not have that choice to be a doctor engineer. The Absolutely not. Oh, oh, oh the, the catch? No, right. you got to sign here. You got to join the party. Oh, that's yeah. it? Oh, no. Where do I sign? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. If you join the party, that means, oh, my goodness. Three times a week, you got to show up at you know this and that rally, this and that meeting. You got to show up in uniform here. You got to show up to this march. Uh, it basically sucks up your – it's a daily activity. It sucks up your free time if you actually just join the party and go with it saying, I'm going fi- to get that promotion. I'm going to be the top engineer for the Russian space program. Um, well, okay. But, you know, think about – I hope you got a good singing voice because you're going to stand and sing and do the whole communist bit for, for your whole life. Like that's, that's the downside. But, but, but retirement? No, no. We got that. And, and oh, milk is going to stay cheap. You know, ah, shoes. It, uh, you'll need yeah, one well, pair you're just, a year, you're, right? You're, and you're mis- and your jacket's you're good, all right? These great things around. Uh, no, around I'm only mentioning the great things. I'm only mentioning the <laughs> yeah. great. Like I'm saying, like well, shoes. Be, yeah, you don't you don't actually need socks, right? Socks you can make yourself out of old um, tea towels. Good, good, good. Because yeah, that's part of the deal. Totally. Well, uh, your what about personal PlayStation? Life? I mean, personal what life is, is that? also part of that too? No, because you have yeah, personal life. Also, is, dude, perf- personal life is picnics. You know, one, go, the Voltava. Once a year, you either go to once once in your life, you go to East Germany. You know, you might make it to Slovakia every two years and every five years or ten years to Hungary, once or twice in your life. Uh, maybe you've been to Moscow. Maybe you've maybe you got you know you've been further. Doubt it. Doubt it. I doubt you've been to Moscow actually. Um, no, no. I mean, it's a drag. I, it's you, you weigh the pros and cons. It's con, con, con. That's why, I mean, I'm, I'm just painting a tiny piece of the picture. It's just, it was horrible. I mean, it was, it was just hell on earth. Um, read, uh, oh geez, what's his face? Yeah. Famous Czech author. Really depressing. Um, don't read him actually. Um, not Kafka, the other guy, you know, what I'm talking about No. eternal sp- spotless. What the joke? Milan, Milan Kundera. Go read Milan Kundera. You're just gonna you're just gonna be sad. You're just gonna be sad. It just sucks. 
life sucked. But hey, on a sunny day, um, you go walk on the Vltava and you have your picnic. And, and Prague is awesome as a city no matter what. So, you know, go to that pub and get that five-cent beer. Um, well, the, at, world, the world you was, know, was definitely much, much smaller for you if, if you followed the rules and you did those type of things. But you still overlooked, it you looked over your shoulder. And, and you, you didn't get a chance. You knew that there's something else out there that you didn't have access to. We hope we gave you, our listeners, some insight to a sliver of life in the communist Czechoslovakia, as well as life behind the Iron Curtain in several satellite nations. There is no real way to paint a complete picture of this era within an hour episode, yet I hope we provided you a starting point for future research into this topic. A special thank you to our Dark Myths podcast collective pal, Chris Stops, and his wildly popular Eastern Border podcast. You can visit his website at theeasternborder.lv. All one word, theeasternborder.lv. Remember, you can also visit bohemican.com for more information on this program or just drop us a line or two. We are also very proud to be named Podcast of the Month of April on the Agora Podcast Network. Jump on over to Agora for all of these great shows that include the history of alchemy and the history of Germany. My co-host Travis Dow would love to have you tune in. So for the aforementioned Mr. Dow, I'm Pete Coleman saying goodnight from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening.